I asked my boyfriend if he had ever suspected, and he was like, yeah, it makes sense. He would call me very bubbly when we first started dating. So he saw quite a few symptoms where after I brought it up from that diagnosis, he was like, yeah, this all makes sense to me. From the Understood Podcast Network, this is ADHD AHA, a podcast where people share the moment when it finally clicked that they, or someone they know, has ADHD. My name is Laura Key. I'm the editorial director here at Understood. And as someone who's had my own ADHD AHA moment, I'll be your host. I am here today with Allison O'Keefe. Allison is a UX designer based in Detroit, and she's also a listener who wrote in. So thank you so much, Allison, for being here. Thank you for being a listener. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm really excited to be here. Let's start with you sharing your diagnosis story. When did you get diagnosed? In August of 2021, I was struggling a little bit at work, and my workplace is actually very supportive with mental health and well-being. So I attended a webinar because I had no idea how to start therapy. And uh, the key takeaway that I got from it, like to start was like, write down what has been hard to manage. And my hard to manage bullet points were anxiety and worry, forgetfulness, trouble focusing, (laughs) trouble falling asleep, and intrusive thoughts. So that is what I went into therapy with. And my goals for therapy were better coping mechanisms and not worrying and being able to focus. Those were my goals. Um, Okay. We'll take care of that in a week or so with therapy, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. And so when I started the initial appointment, I went through the questionnaire and the therapist, my therapist asked if I'd ever been diagnosed with ADHD and I had not. It was a a surprise (laughs) to me that it, it is something that came up that she asked if I had been diagnosed for. Had you ever considered ADHD prior to that? No, it's not anything that ever crossed my mind. Funnily enough, after that first initial appointment, I asked my boyfriend if he had ever suspected. And he was like, yeah, a little bit. It makes sense. So Ah, (laughs) tell me more about that. What did he give you any more detail? It was really just like the symptoms that you see in people who do have ADHD. He had a front row view of since we've been living together for the last couple of years, uh, being very impulsive with buying things and being very hyperactive. He would call me very bubbly when we first started dating. So he saw quite a few symptoms where after I brought it up from that diagnosis, he was like, yeah, this all makes sense to me. Bubbly. I'm really interested to hear this term. I love unpacking euphemisms that we use for ADHD symptoms. And that's just one that I had never heard before. What do you think he meant by bubbly? I think he meant like very excitable. And I have definitely felt that way, even in our relationship and just with friendships in general, where I'm like very excitable. I've always said that like really small things will make me excited and I get very like interested in things. When somebody brings up a topic, I get very invested and like excited about whatever the thing is. So I Mm. I think that is what he meant by bubbly. We'll come back to that. Let's stick with your diagnosis story for a moment. So your therapist raises the question, have you ever been diagnosed with ADHD? It's interesting that your therapist went straight to, have you ever been diagnosed with ADHD as opposed to, have you ever considered ADHD? 
Yeah, yeah. And she definitely did let it sit with me for a little while to like look into different resources of ADHD like across the internet. I actually took a look at like the DSM-5. I started watching YouTube videos and I downloaded podcasts, which is how I found this one. Yay. Um, and she, <laughs> she really let me sit with it for a little while just to like make sure that it it fit for what I was feeling and what I was experiencing. She didn't want to just jump to the conclusion and label me with ADHD without like having that consent from me, like saying that, yes, this is something that that does resonate with me and my experiences that I was having. The last time that we chatted, I wrote down this phrase that you used. You said that ADHD for you was never in the, quote, realm of possibility. Yeah. Nobody in my life had ever been diagnosed with ADHD before. So it, it wasn't something that I was familiar with. Even like the old term AD, like that that never came up anywhere. Like teachers that I had in grade school, high school, it was just never something that ever came up. And I feel like it, it fits a lot of ADHD people like out of sight, out of mind. Like it wasn't something that I was aware of. Growing up, you know, to the best of your, that your memory allows, what kinds of ADHD symptoms do you think you were experiencing, even though you weren't aware of it at the time? Definitely chattiness. I was definitely a chatty kid. I got in trouble for that a couple of times in school. I would be passing notes or I would just be like talking in class. Funnily enough, I was also learning sign language with a friend. So we would be like talking in sign language across the classroom. And I did get in trouble for that. But definitely chattiness and a lot of forgetfulness, like forgetting to do homework and bring homework home. I believe I actually forgot to like get something signed by my parents for band. And because I forgot that and I wanted to participate, I forged my mom's signature. And of course, my band teacher was like, that is not a mom's signature. That is a child. So I did get in trouble for that. Um, I also had a lot of brain hyperactivity all the time where I was just constantly thinking and I could never shut my brain off. Mm. And because I was in like sports and stuff, I think that the being in sports and sort of like wearing myself out every day, I was able to sort of like get out some of that hyperactivity where I could focus a little bit more. What sports did you play? I played soccer and I did cross country. Very tiring sports. Good yes. way to get out a lot of energy. Yeah. Yes. And, but it is also very funny. Actually, I was very slow. I was not fast. But the girls that I ran with were also slow. And we just used that time to talk. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yes. It was a great time to talk. That's nice. Forgetting to get things signed, the forgetting to hand things in. I like when people bring that up because it's just this really great example of ADHD in action, especially things that parents can notice early, like mm -hmm. as an early indicator. It's like, oh, my kid did the work or my kid is, you know, understands the work, but it just didn't make it to the teacher. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I mean, schools hand out those planners to the kids like at the first day of school or whatever. And I remember being very excited to fill out the planner, but I don't know that I necessarily remembered to like keep up with it. Yeah. It's just so much structure that they want you to utilize. But I mean, I think a lot of people who do have ADHD know that like structure is great, but it is also sometimes a prison <laughs> when yeah. you have to like stick with it. And that I think was always very difficult for me. 
I don't remember if this adjective that you used for yourself growing up was something you shared with me when we chatted before or if it was from your email that you sent in. But I remember that you used the word annoying. Kids considered you annoying. I say this with love, Allison. I hope you know. (laughs) I don't think you're annoying. I want you to know this. (laughs) Yeah, it is definitely something that I still struggle with today. I was definitely very excitable as we've talked about. And I was always very constantly chatting. And I definitely have a tendency to overshare and go a little bit farther than I think most people would. I just, and that really sort of rubbed people the wrong way. And so because of that, I became the annoying friend. It's actually quite sad. I accidentally came across a text message from people in my friend group where somebody had texted one of my friends saying that I was the annoying friend in my friend group compared to the annoying friend in one of the other friend groups. That was my first sort of initial experience of feeling like, oh, the people that I hang around with, they think that I'm annoying and that is like rubbing them the wrong way where it it doesn't necessarily like make them want to be around me, which is really sad. I think I was in middle school or like maybe high school. So it's like those formative years where where that's not something you want to hear from your friends. And just having that experience definitely stuck with me. And even to this day, I'm very hesitant to like overshare with coworkers and even my friends today. Like they have mentioned like, oh, Allison doesn't really share things with us. And it is something that I'm working on with this new friend group specifically because they're my friends and I want to share things with them. But I'm always very like cautious about what I say because it could be something that is just a little overboard and it ends up pushing people who I care about away. I'm sorry that happened. That kind of thing would stick with me. I can see that it sticks with you and that it impacts how you're approaching your friendships today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Part of your racing thoughts, do they involve thinking about yourself and if you quote unquote messed up at any point during the day and maybe were overly annoying or something like that? Is that maybe what keeps you up at night sometimes? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it it is definitely like a lot of things just pop into my head. It ends up me Googling things very late into the night and sending myself notes uh, so that I can look more into it later the next day. But yeah, overthinking tendencies where I think back to how that day went and my interactions with people throughout the day. The overreactions I definitely think about a lot. And it does sit with me to the point where I usually try to end up like coming back the next day and trying to fix what I might have done the previous day just because it is just sitting with me and sitting in my mind and on my brain and I won't let it go unless I fix it. I totally feel you. Sometimes I feel like Mm -hmm. I'm overbearing because I will come back to that thing that got blown out of proportion in my head. And then in the morning, I'm just waiting for the moment when I can reach out to that person and be like, hey, I didn't mean to be whatever, blah, 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 blah. Sometimes like people who get me, they're like, no, it's all good. Like I I didn't even think about it. Most of the time they say, I didn't even notice that. Yep. Yeah. And that happens with my boyfriend often where I'll say something and then I have, I I can't stop thinking about it. And I come back to him later and I'm like, I'm so sorry that like I overreacted that way or I was in your way. And he'll just be like, well, I, that's fine. I, it's not something that I've been thinking about. Yeah. It's such a difficult cocktail. The restless brain, the restless ADHD brain, plus the, when you know you have ADHD and you have awareness of your challenges, or if you encountered a text about being annoying or something like that, and you have this awareness of how people perceive you, 
kids and adults with ADHD, we actually, we have content on about this on understood.org about feeling remorse for things big and small, it, like completely blown out of proportion. Like, oh, I did this wrong. I screwed mm-hmm. this up. It's really hard to cope with. Do you talk to your therapist about this or? Oh, yeah. Just being able to talk with her and after a week of ruminating on things, I, I really like being able to bring things to her to just talk things out. And it's usually when I do talk things out that it all just starts to feel better. And even if it's something that I've been deliberating or like unable to make up my mind about something, it usually ends with me coming to this realization after I've spoken it out loud of like, oh, yeah, well, this is why this happened because X, Y, and Z. Or this is why I've been feeling this way. Like after I get it out into the open and speaking with her and sort of just having her as a sounding board is very, very helpful for me. So one of the things that I like to do on the show, one of the purposes of this show is to help people see through the context of human stories what ADHD symptoms and choices and behaviors can really look like so that maybe they can spot them in themselves. And there's one thing that you talked about in your email and that we chatted about previously that isn't something that we've talked a lot about on the show, which is what I call ADHD wishful thinking or mm-hmm. over-optimism. I guess I'll pause there and just get your reaction even to that term, ADHD wishful thinking. That definitely resonates with me just because over my adult years, I've definitely been very ambitious in my hobbies. And I I started with photography back in high school and it was very much like, oh, I, I want to become such a good photographer and I want to put my work online and I just want to be fully into the world of photography. It, It usually happens when like I tell people like, this is what I am doing. And then the novelty of it is gone. That actually happened back in 2018 when I was going to start a photography blog. And I think that was also the last time I did photography because I let people know like, hey, I have something that's really big coming. And then after I posted that on Instagram, I don't think that I touched (laughs) my camera since, which is a bummer because I, I really loved photography. It's something that's really close to my heart. But I definitely like go down these sorts of rabbit holes all the time where I'll get very interested or invested in a thing. And I dedicate all of my time to this thing. And it it just eats up so much of my mental space. And it's all that I can think about. And sometimes it'll just go away or sometimes it'll go away prompted by telling people. And then that novelty is gone. It's very, very strange to even Mm -hmm. just like talk about. But I had read a a blog about two girls from Michigan who had sailed around the Great Lakes and my family has a sailboat. So I was like, oh, I connect with this. This is something I could absolutely do. Like I could sail around Michigan as well. I'm going to look online for a sailboat that I could live on. (laughs) And as I sail across the Great Lakes, I put together the route and like all of the places that I had stopped at into a Google My Maps. I created Pinterest boards of like how I was going to decorate this boat. And I created a blog where I like the girls being very aspirational. I was like, this is, I'm going to write about all of my experiences and like how I'm going to do this. And 
I I honestly truly cannot say what happened, but I at some point I just dropped it all and I no longer wanted to live on a boat and sail across the Great Lakes. It was just gone. So it, it's really just like things like that. That is like a very impulsive thing to even consider doing. I mean, I've grown up on a sailboat, but I don't know how to to sail one. That it's so ten, I don't. It's tangential to your life, or, but yeah, right, mm-hmm. yeah. So it, it, it's just very impulsive things like that where I tend to get very excited and very invested, and then all of a sudden, the excitement is gone. And I'll have moved on to something else. It's it's wild. <laughs> I mean, Allison, do you want to hear the short list of the things that I've tried to invest myself in, skills that I wanted to develop that just were gone with a... Yes. A, a, okay, let's see. Joan of Arc, expert and feminist biographer, feminist yeah. critiquer of advertising across New York City on billboards and taxi cabs and whatnot. I started a Tumblr that lasted three days. Rock critic, movie critic, all these things that I've just tried to do. And I'm like, I'm doing this. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And then I'm like, nah, nah. It's fun for a minute. It can be painful, though. Yeah, yeah. It, it is very painful. And it's really, I think, difficult because I want to be doing multiple things at once that I have a lot of like investment in or have a a lot of like excitement about. But for whatever reason, I can only focus my energy on one of those things. And so it it feels very difficult. And I've spoken to my therapist about this. Like, I, I don't understand how people have multiple interests and like dedicate their time to multiple things at one time. It, it is an enigma to me. And I don't understand <laughs> So th- there was another thing that you mentioned when we chatted again, or in your email, I can't remember, but you talked about ghosting. Yes. Tell me about ghosting. It's happened my entire life. I would start talking with guys from dating apps when like I was still dating and I would just sort of forget they existed and then never text them again. That happened a number of times. I think in the email I mentioned that I had been texting my sister and she was telling me about her own personal interests, and I meant to text her back and then never did, which I felt really bad about. The worst case of my ghosting was an old coworker who had messaged me, and she was saying that her boyfriend, they were hiring at his company, and that I should get in touch with him if I was interested in, like, switching jobs. And the feeling that I got from just her text message, I hadn't even looked at her boyfriend's message yet. It was just like so overwhelming of like, I don't even know what to say. I'm so anxious. I need to think about like, how am I feeling with work right now? And I don't even know that I messaged her back that day. I was just so overwhelmed with this idea of responding to her that I think I took a week and a half to respond. And I, once I did, I don't think she ever responded because it was kind of like, crappy of me. I might have damaged that relationship, to be honest, just because the feelings were too much for me in that moment. It seems like the ghosting isn't related to forgetfulness, but maybe responding to a text message and maybe finishing a big work project, like everything is at the same level in terms of priority. It's hard to prioritize. Is that accurate? I think so, yeah. And I I think it's sometimes the ghosting ends up because I am overwhelmed. And but then it also is my mom has texted me 
and I've seen the text message and I completely forget. And then she'll text mm. me back the next day asking if I saw her text. And it's it's just like, oh, yeah, I, I just, I, I saw Moms it. are so good like that. I saw <laughs> it and I forgot to respond. <laughs> that that happens a lot. <laughs> My mom will do the same thing. She's like, did you see that? I'm like, yeah, I saw. But I don't, yep. I can't attribute that to ADHD. That might just. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I get really overwhelmed because I want to give a thoughtful response. Yes. Yeah. It's not malicious. For anybody listening who doesn't have ADHD and you got ghosted by someone who has ADHD, it's most likely not intentional. Let's just put that out there. Maybe yeah. the guys from the dating app that might have been, maybe they just, they weren't memorable enough, right? Maybe. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's not on you. <laughs> but, you know, how open are you with other people about the fact that you have ADHD? Oh, I'm not open about it at all. Mm -hmm. The only people who know are my therapist, my sister. My sister also guessed that I had ADHD. Oh, wow. <laughs> and my boyfriend. <laughs> Those are the only people who know. Got it. And I mean, you're early too, and it takes a long time to share. And you can choose to never share too. It's it's yours. It's part of your identity, however you want to share that. Yeah. It'd be interesting if your friend knew that you had ADHD, I'm not saying that you should have shared that with her. Just mm -hmm. it would have been interesting if there's more, in general, if there's more awareness of ADHD and if she knows that you have ADHD, she might be like, right. hey, remind her about this. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. And it is definitely something that like I'm grappling with right now. Like I'm not, I'm not sure yet how, despite the fact that I've come on this podcast and I'm like <laughs> announcing it to the world that I have ADHD, um, I'm, I'm still sort of grappling with how open I want to be about my diagnosis. I'm actually planning on talking about it with my friends this weekend. I am working on trying to share a little bit more with the people who are close to me. And, and that's like, I, I really do want them to know, like, I want them to sort of understand more about who I am as a person. Yeah. And maybe you'll decide that you don't feel comfortable sharing it at all. Or and maybe you want to scream it from the rafters. Either way, I think it's awesome, Allison, that you're going to connect with your friends. And, you know, you should write us back and let us know how it goes. But if you don't, I won't be offended because I won't consider it to be ghosting. We're just busy people. Okay. I'll, I'll tell <laughs> you right back. <laughs> thank you, Allison, for hanging out with me today. It's been so great to interview you. No, oh, thank you for having me on. I actually had this aspiration at one point. I was doing a running blog because I was really into running at, at one time. And I was also, it was when I first started learning about podcasts and listening about all these podcasts. So I was like, I'm going to combine the two. And I started blogging about running and I started blogging about podcasts. And I was always like, I would love to have my own podcast one day, but I don't even know what I would talk about. So this has been so much fun and I've loved being here. Yay. And see, that's an example. It wasn't wishful thinking. You're here. It's a step in that direction. So yeah. thank you so much, Allison. I think you're great. Oh, thank you. This has been awesome. You've been listening to ADHD AHA from the Understood Podcast Network. If you want to share your own AHA moment, email us at ADHDAHA at understood.org. I'd love to hear from you. If you want to learn more about the topics we covered today, check out the show notes for this episode. We include more resources as well as links to anything we mentioned in the episode. Understood is a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping people who learn and think differently discover their potential and thrive. We have no affiliation with pharmaceutical companies. Learn more at understood.org slash mission. ADHD AHA is produced by Jessamine Molly. Say hi, Jessamine. Hi, everyone. Brianna Berry is our production director. 
Our theme music was written by Justin D. Wright, who also mixes the show. For the Understood Podcast Network, Scott Koshira is our creative director, Seth Melnick is our executive producer, and I'm your host, Laura Key. Thanks so much for listening. Listening.